Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, gardeners. Whatever time you're listening to this, it is time for us to have a conversation about the truth about gardening in the spring. Not spring gardens, but gardening in the spring. Right here on the Backyard Gardens Podcast. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens Podcast, where we talk about all things gardening. We're your hosts, Ben and Batavia, and you can find me gardening in the country. And you'll find me gardening in the city. Get ready as we dig deep into this wonderful world of gardening, where we learn to grow and grow for change. All right, everybody. If you would love to support the show because you love us so much and you want to keep us on the air, you can check the link below, Patreon, and become a member. You get you can get up to two episodes a month. And our last Community Gardens episode was all about the prices of seedlings right now. There was a whole lot of emotions there. Good, bad, sad, happy, all that stuff. So check it out. Uh, we'd love to have you with us. We'd love to have you join the crew. And also our t-shirts, mugs, all that good stuff. BYG Spring. Link is below. It's on Teespring. And um, all that will help support us. The code is BYG Spring. And it goes until the last day of spring. You figure out when that is. (laughs) Gardening in spring. The absolute truth. Are you prepared to give the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth to help you, God? I do. I am. I yeah. will. I don't know. I've never been to court like that, so I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, I, I have in my head, I, I, gosh, I could almost quote it. There's this opening that she did some many episodes ago about kind of when spring is here and you know it from, you know, you go in, you see the folks in the garden center, you know, you can just smell it in the air, you know, you got the guy with a t-shirt on, you got, you know, like I remember this and I've been in the garden centers looking for that moment. And it's it's almost here. Yeah. We're we're like a month into spring as of the airing of this episode, and we're we're getting there for me in in my area. Yeah, it's there for us, but I don't want to hurt your feelings. It's okay. It's a, it's, we all make choices okay. in life, and one of my choices has been to remain in a place where you have to put socks back on in April. Yeah, I got flip flops on, but I want to I want to tell everybody this is not a only about growing your spring vegetables this is going to be this whole series as a matter of fact is going to be a lot about us trying to trick the calendar and trick the weather and get vegetables in earlier so we're going to go back and forth a little bit and i think there's a good argument of why we should do that um there's a level of risk involved and that's something that we have to be willing to take and there's a level of gardening harshness that needs to happen too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fair, fair enough to say. Absolutely, and I think that you're all always. It's always juxtaposed to the time you've spent and invested, as well as the monies you've spent. For me, help me determine how much of a risk I want to take. You know, is it yeah. potentially worth my while? Um, which again, it ties back a bit to the last after show. Uh, under the Community Gardens uh, podcast episodes under yeah. Patreon. It does. And I mean, 
Look, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say what's on my mind right now. Free minute. Can I get a free thirty seconds? Go. Gardeners are too soft. Y'all need to toughen up with your plants. That's all I gotta say. Look, that's it. I said it. Fifteen seconds in and out. Boom. I'm I'm notoriously harsh on my plants. I'll rip one mm-hmm. out. I'll take a chance to an extent, though. So, um, I thin seedlings. I don't care. Like I got too many seeds in there. Boom. Cut it out. Done. You know, a lot of people, I see a lot of like videos and stuff like, Oh, it breaks my heart. Like it doesn't break my heart at all Mm -hmm. because by doing that, I'm limiting how much I'm going to get and how healthy that plant's going to be. So it's just kind of part of, it's like, it's the nature of the beast. You know what I mean? Yeah, I um I believe I missed I wasn't around for your like garden villain origin story like y- you developed that persona way before we met. Uh, so <laughs> I definitely do believe that um I believe you're spot on with the way that you manage your garden and you know callous isn't the right word but that's the word that comes to mind. Um you're definitely no nonsense when it comes to all right calling it when it comes to a plant um, saying hey let me try to push this envelope um, and I don't remember doing a video but I am absolutely one of the folks that's like I just I just don't want to toss the seedling I think some yeah. of that comes with experience right I think there is um, people have different attitudes towards what's what their garden is going to give. It is a little surprising given your primary reason is to produce food for your family. It is surprising sometimes the way that you approach it. Um, But I also believe that there's a part of me and probably a bunch of other gardeners that put too much weight into a single plant, you know, like it's it's just too much surrounding that particular plant, these two plants, heck, even a particular garden bed. I mean, we know whether in our gardens or others, there are times where farmers have had tremendous loss in their gardens. It's just a part of the machine, right? It's, it's just a part of what we're doing. Um, And so when you, take that into consideration of course you're going to do things to benefit you as a gardener to help your you know you reach your goal but there's also i mean i guess there's babying is what's happening right you know too much babying sometimes and i know that i'm doing it um but then you also have this whole idea of like i save everything so it's hard for me to let anything go you know i was tearing up this box that came and i was just like hmm I'm going to recycle it either way. But Dude, I'm my wife like, used to I save wonder. boxes all the time. It drove me crazy. We had like a TV box for like five years. I'm like, bro, what are you doing I have here? a whole section of my basement that's towards the back that I have boxes stacked. It's not healthy. I know you do. I know you I do. I know, but how can I be that person and also be the person that's like, snip, you know, the seedlings? Like that doesn't do you know? <laughs> do you know why we started getting rid of boxes? What, the nail in the coffin for us? Or for, for you her. as your family or for for yeah consumers. for the family well for her in specific because she loved to hold them is um roaches eat the glue off of the boxes and they can thrive off of that so we no longer keep boxes in our house at all because of that reason it's a proven fact that the glue on the boxes and the tape and everything they can eat it and survive on it there it is and just like that you've changed my world <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, seriously, though, if you think about it and this d- definitely ties in with this is have a couple years of a garden with a low yield 
and then mm-hmm. you'll figure out why I am the way I am. And it's just science and, you know, it is what it is. It's overcrowding. It's planting too early, planting too late, you know, putting stuff out in the cold, unnecessary freezing, you know, not trimming. All of these things can, if you, if you just look at it like one at a time, it's not a big deal. But if you look at the course of a, of a gardening year, just think about it. We're starting right now in, in a series called Gardening in Spring. You put something out, it gets too cold, you set it back. Then you don't, you know, you don't trim it like you're supposed to. That's mm-hmm. another thing. Then you get too dry and it's another thing. Then it gets a disease and it gets a pest. And it's like by the time the year's over, you've basically tortured this plant. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? So it's it is definitely from experience. And I dude, I am one hundred percent aware that it is frowned on by a lot of people, our listeners, viewers, all that stuff. I get it. And that's okay. Cause that's the way I garden. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. when we talk about gardening in the spring, you know, you can, you can have, let's just, I hate using the tomato plant as an example, but it's the star of the show. Mm-hmm, it's what mm-hmm. everybody wants to plant. It's the golden calf of the garden. <laughs> it's just, that is what it is. And, when you put it out there too early, you stunt it. You could kill it. But the same goes with all of your cabbages and brassicas and broccolis and everything. If, you know, I did it this year. Well, <clears throat> I put them out. I hardened them off. I planted them. And then we got like a mega cold. It was like 70s, 60s. And then it was 22. Yeah. And that's that's really cold. So everything died back. And I made a video about it because it was like, this is how I'm going to handle this situation. I handled it exactly the way I talked about. And everything is coming back now. Albeit set back by almost, I would say, roughly two weeks of growth. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because now that plant has to use even more energy to kind of get going. So the cold, hard facts... Or I could very well be ripping out almost my entire spring garden before I get a harvest off of it. Yeah. That's just may happen. But if I don't do that, then I'm going to limit the rest of what I get. You know what I mean? Yeah. But didn't you start early this year? I started. Yes. So I started when it was recommended by my state to start my garden in my area. And I did that on purpose so that I could have this talk educated from this from henceforth Mm -hmm. not only did i start it so i started it two weeks later than they suggested and i got hammered is that their fault no it's not their fault it's my fault because i took the chance but i knew what i was doing at the time you know what i mean like i Mm -hmm, knew that mm -hmm. there was a chance to be taken and so that was like my cabbages died back to zero leaves now i've got like five or six on them like two weeks later Mm -hmm, it's been warmer so there's that and i know that you and i have both hold on sat on here and said like you plant things that can take a frost you know you plant things in their time frame but when you get these crazy drops in temperature it doesn't work that way, especially when it's been raised in a house. I just, oh, there's so much here. And I'm trying to um, restrain myself, right? So I'm going to speak in bullets. That's the way my mind works. Wait, are um, you trying to restrain yourself right now? Yeah, well, I'm trying not to take us too far off. Well, let's do this. 
<laughs> Let's go to the break and then you unleash the Batavia dog. I want to hear it. Rawr! That's like a lion or a. You know, that was like the weakest, weirdest dog bark, but I'll take it. <laughs> we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners. Let it rip. Let's let's do this. All right. So end all to be all. Right. So that's a weird saying. And in this context, it's your garden is not done for the year if you have some cabbage plants that don't produce. Right. Like it's not a fail if those don't survive your late planting according to your local extension and your early planting compared to what you normally plant for spring. Like that's the attitude that I try to adopt. Like it's okay. Right. Um, And you won't know how that thing is going to perform unless you get it out there. Right. So when I asked, weren't you early? I'm still going with the, well, if you, let's pretend you planted them on May 1st, or excuse me, March 1st, just for easy counting. And it was recommended that you plant them on February 15th, but you waited until March 1st, and maybe you normally plant them March 15th. So my question becomes, it's more rhetorical, um, if you planted them on March 1st, and then over those coming weeks, you had this real cold snap, right? Now you have this damage you're managing, they're rebounding, but are you right back to where you would have started if you would have waited? Right. So that's the way that I'm wired to think, right? Like let's just get past the point where there is risk. And the reality is for springtime, I mean, until you get to the point for June in my neighborhood, you could get some real cold temps. Hell, you could still get snow in May, right? So I think But while, in the neighborhood next to you, it's always warm. It's a lot warmer yeah, I mean, than I, the next neighborhood. I really, I meant Chicago. I meant my, you you know, Um, so I believe that, um, that I'm generally risk averse. And so I want to wait until the coast is clear. And the reality is in the springtime, depending on what you're doing, you may in fact be, um, you may miss the window, you know? So by trying to wait until it's safe, Right. You may miss miss the window. So instead, and what I picked up from your video as well, instead, let's talk about making some reasonably educated guesses. Right. When it comes to planting these things out and let's be prepared to make take some precautions, you know, if we see our weather shifting. Uh, so this is like you're much more on the watch right in the springtime. Um, let's absolutely, and, and, and I'm going to say it, but it should go without saying, let's make sure that we have plants that are designed for this type of season, right? You know, so if you were talking about, even in your area, February 15th, planting tomatoes, I'd be like, well, what are you expecting? You know, but yeah. you're absolutely planting the proper crops. Um, and you and I both know in any year and especially as of late you may not have ever seen 20 degrees in february or march in your area right you know that may that may not have happened in previous years right 
So we do, and two things happen. One, um, the forecast was for it to get to 30, and I was not concerned about 30. But I also know that my area gets cooler, and I sh- if I would have just laid something over them, it would be fine. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand where you're thinking, like, hey, maybe the damage just sets you back to the time frame in which you would have normally planted them. Because, you know, actually, March 1st is the exact time when I did it. Um, because the recommendation is February 15th. So there's mm-hmm. that. So obviously you've been looking in my Google history. I don't know what's going no, on someone's here. just been listening when you talk. <laughs> but um, I, I, I get where you're thinking. And I thought the same thing at first. And as I, I sat back and I saw the damage and I had my camera in my hand and I just put the camera down and I sat there and I thought about it. And I said, no, it's going to be worse than that. Because the damage is down to the cellular cellular level of the plant. Mm. The plant's not strong, so it's going to use mm. more of its energy to repair itself versus mm-hmm. if I would have put it in two weeks later, it would already have that built up energy and the roots already starting to spread. So you've probably stopped that, right? Now, the difference between... Uh, the biggest damage was my uh, cabbage. So the cabbage and the tomato is the roots did not get the brunt of that damage. A tomato will take that damage and just harness it and just just de- de- you know destroy it. Mm-hmm. So there would be no hope for it to come back. Now, so it goes either way. But by me pushing it forward, I, I have two options. Next year, I can do the same thing and not do anything. I have three options. Not do anything. I can do the same thing and cover it and know, like, hey, it's going to get down to 30. Let me go ahead and cover it. Or I can plant the same time I always did. If I plant the same time I always did, it's going to be a futile effort because it's going to get too hot and it's not going to work. So I need to adjust. And that's okay. That's part of trying to get a maximum yield out of your garden. Mm -hmm, Now, mm -hmm. the issue also comes in to the fact of when we're gardening in the spring and you walk outside and you see that first plant poking out of the ground and you're like, ooh, I'm going to get all ushy-gushy. Here we go. That's it, boys and girls. We're off to the races. It's time. Today it's 70 degrees. Mm -hmm. It's a nice day. And then you start getting excited. You go and you grab your plants. I'm going to harden them off. You've got a good stretch. And then, bam, it gets cold. And then you're like, okay. And then it gets warm again. And you're like, all right. And then then at this point, you're like, okay, well, those plants made it just fine. Let me go ahead and go out there and start planting my stuff. And then you're just in this vicious cycle. Yeah. And I mean, basically, the way I look at it is you live your life in paranoia. Because you're always scared that it's going to freeze. Well, yeah, and, and and a answer to that is just wait till you're past the point of freezing, right? Um, and that's clean cut to the point. You're not bouncing back and forth. You're not running out with you know blankets and 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 you know sheets and and towels and things of that nature. Um, but there's a trade off for that, right? You know, so um, you may not get a broccoli harvest in the spring. That may be the thing that you're missing, right? Um, So I think that it definitely is the time for experimental gardening, if you will, uh, for those that, you know, live in climates that the weather bounces the way that we're describing. You know, so I've gotten up to high 60s, you know, in March. 
and I've gotten daytime temperature of a high of 32 degrees Fahrenheit in March. Right. And we're not necessarily talking about like the beginning and the end. We're talking about within the same week. And that's a a huge difference for me. Um, I started hardening off some things and that are spring crops. Right. We're in the spring, started hardening off some things. And I got to the point where. 28 29 degrees i just don't want to take the chance if they were already established in the garden they probably would have been okay i probably could have just covered them but there's also the balance of depending on the size of your garden and i've talked about this before like it's very easy to manage the risk associated with something that's sitting on your back porch table versus things that may be planted out in various spaces in your garden. Yeah. Um, this is where a container gardening could be your best friend. And I remember doing this last year, pulling a, a bunch of containers that I had into the garage, right? Where it's not heated, but it's not going to be as cold as it is outside this time of year. Um, that's a lot easier to manage than like going across several garden beds, right? Um, For so sure. I, I think I mean, it's, that's, a, that's a headache. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if it's multiple days. Like I think for you guys, you had like it was a day or two of the weather getting really cold. Right. Yeah. I mean, like we just had. So this week we had a little um, a little chill and it was threatening to get to 31. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, so those cabbages, like I wasn't concerned about those at all. I just let them go, whatever. But like I had to bring all my trees inside. So it's like I, yeah. I put some in the greenhouse. I put, you know, the ones that are like completely dormant. I went ahead and put them in the greenhouse. The ones that I had already leafed out. I brought them into the garage. And then for the next two days, I just wheeled them in and out of the garage. Not a big mm-hmm, deal. Mm-hmm. It was a pain in the ass. Yeah. But it's a lot better than being like, baby, let me get all the towels in the house. Let me get all the blankets. You know what I mean? Because then I bring them in. And then so not only do you have that issue of like having to manage all that, but then I bring them in. She's like, why the hell don't we have any clean towels? And I'm like, oh, my bad. (laughs) The garden was going to get cold, you know? So it's like, it's just not worth it. For you. For me. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. if you are especially like if you have a big garden, if you have one garden bed, you can get a tarp. Yep. And drape a tarp over it. And it's not a big deal. But when you start spreading things out, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I've got... eight garden nine garden beds now damn do i have that many yeah nine garden beds and if i start spreading things out then it's just it's a huge nightmare and it's all and i mean if you think about like what does a farmer do i mean the farmers run in acres and acres they're not going to do that dude they wait until the last minute to plant Mm -hmm. i mean they have i've got my stuff planted out i've beat the farmers here i've Mm -hmm. got them out but i can manage my space better than they can manage their space Yep. yep. And so there's that. And then you get the excitement going on. And there's, I know there's a farmer in town that's going to have tomatoes next month. He'll have, he'll be harvesting tomatoes mm-hmm. and he posts them on Instagram. But what he neglected to say is he planted them in a greenhouse. Yep. He made mm-hmm. it look like it was in a field. <laughs> and then one of his pictures, I was looking at it, slipped up and I saw that it was in a greenhouse. I'm like, come on, dog. Yeah. Like you right. totally like, you just hoodooed me. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> that's bull. So, yeah. um, you know, and that's the thing is when we're talking to a group of people that range everywhere, I mean, all over the world, but we have people in Alaska listening to us and Canada all the way down to like Brazil, mm-hmm. you know? So, and I mean other places as well, but what I'm saying is the climates 
fluctuate from there. So if you're listening to us or you're looking at stuff on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, you know, all the usual suspects, you've got to take with a grain of salt what people are doing and understand that it's different. Yeah. You know, yeah. I here I saw one today that was good. I saw a person that had uh, tomato plants full of tomatoes and it said, try and tell me that um, Epsom salt doesn't work. And then it just cut off. And I was like, come on, dog. Like, you got to give me more than that, baby. You know what I'm saying? And like, obviously, they're in the Southern Hemisphere because yeah. I don't know many. Pl- I know that like, I could be totally wrong too, but like California and stuff, they can plant way earlier. I just don't know if they're to the extreme that these plants were at. So there's that. But you've got to be careful. Mm-hmm. because it's different everywhere everywhere is different and i mean just like with you and your zones what was it like a couple miles away was technically a different zone than you yeah there are some people that are, well setting aside the folks that i believe are using like the old um hardiness zone which puts chicagoans in zone five there are people in illinois for sure in chicago that are in a different zone than i am um that instead of in zone six they're in zone five but i do separate from zones i want to come back to how delicate temperatures are this time of year yeah so 38 degrees fahrenheit is not freezing but be careful of trusting that your weather app or your weather person has said it's going to be 38 as a low. That 38 can get to 34 really quickly. You know, that's that what happened to me. Could be, yeah, it could be 30. You know, you just never know. I actually have a, um, a girlfriend that gardens and I was posting last month kind of my boohoo. Here's the weather, you know, and she sent me a different screenshot Chicago weather, same zip code. And I'm just like, which app are you using? And her temperatures had me well below freezing. And mine were like just on the cusp of it. You yeah. Know? And I'm like, I'm so glad. She's like, I'm not sure. You know, you know, you know how people, you know, you just don't want to be intrusive. Like she doesn't want to send me something. And I'm like, really? I already know what the weather's going to be. I'm so glad she sent it to me because I was going to leave some things out. Sorry, I got a little excited there. I was going to leave some things out. And based on what she showed me, I'm just like, shoot, let me pull it back in. No one's going to be able to get into my front door because it's going to be basically plants there, but that's fine. Um, So, yeah, I just think that, you know, it feels to me the weather is a bit more temperamental when it comes to those temps really representing what the weather is or temps shifting quite quickly in the spring than it is for sure in the summer. But even going into like very early fall, things are still more consistent, like what you see on your app, what you see in your weather is generally what you're going to get. Um, But when we're trying to climb out of that cold front, climb out of winter, man. Yeah, I mean, the cold is the dominant force right now. And so Mm. people are like, oh, the weatherman's a liar. The weatherman is not a liar. The weatherman doesn't know. It's a forecast. It's Mm -hmm. very rudimentary. It's not, you know, oh, it's going to be 33. Man, you got to give it five degrees either side of it. And you've got to take in the topography of where you live. You've got to take in the environmental factors, winds, all that stuff. Because when we move into this, in this time of year, and I think this episode's coming out at a good time where people are more interested in planting out their tomatoes right now. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be places that are not ready for that. There yeah. are going to be places 
Like, for instance, I know when this comes out, I should just be thinking about putting my tomatoes out. What, what does it come out? May 21st? April 21st? April 21st. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so April 21st, I will have met my last frost date. And then I will still be waiting to put them out because the just because you've met your last frost date, it could be 33 degrees. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be 32. So I need to wait yet a little bit longer to let these things, to let the weather change more. And I'm okay with that because I know that these are very temperature sensitive plants. Yeah. You know, if you lived your whole life in the tropics and you went and I went to go visit you, hell, if I went to go visit you now, right now, I'd be cold as hell. Yeah. I need a break in period. You know what I mean? And the, the plants the same way. So there's a reason why we're hardening off our plants. So at this time frame, my plants, by the day this comes out, will be hardened off, but I will still be having them in pots so I can move them inside if I need to. Because another thing that I've learned is like a plant will do fine in complete darkness for a couple days, Mm -hmm. but it will not do fine in an hour of 32 degree weather for one hour, you know, for one minute. It just it won't do it because they're just not designed for that. I think that um, a part of spring becomes difficult because a lot of us are coming in from being sheltered inside for a while, yeah. or at least not in the garden in the way that some of us really enjoy. You've had all of this time, whether it's months for some and maybe it's a shorter period for others, but you've had this time to kind of dream up what your garden is going to be, whether you've done a full design of it or not, you know, and um, I, I actually looked at March and said there were a couple of days, only a couple of days where I would have been really comfortable working outside and yeah. I didn't get out there. And I'm like, I regret it. And so in my mind, I'm filing away, get out there, take advantage of it because it's been another week where it's been nonstop rain and I'm just, it's not, it's one too cold for my liking. Again, I think the post with the weather was 40 degrees. Um, when it's raining feels like 30 degrees yeah. <laughs> like in the spring. And so that's not a comfortable space. And I'm not, this isn't so critical as far as this timing where I'm going to be out there and be miserable. Like that's just not where I'm at with it. Um, but there's also this piece of like everything isn't at stake right so whatever my vision and dreams were for my spring garden right intentionally saying spring garden here they may be different right um what i do know for sure is when i'm gardening in the spring i am still making some great decisions in preparation for my summer garden but that becomes again after kind of the default of how i approach summer gardening over a number of years versus the way the place that I'm in for springtime now. Right. Like there was never a time five years ago that I would be planting anything out in March period. Right. That would never happen. April never happen. Um, I start looking at flowers around this time of year, you know, but it's still just, you know, for the whimsicalness of it. Uh, But since things have shifted for me when it comes to my expectations of my garden across the board, it's shifted to me, shifted when it comes to expectations for different seasons. And I'm still a learning curve. I mean, this is, I'm still in the thick of that. Um, And I do think that for me, I am a bit more cautious in general 
when it comes to my garden than you are as an example. And then I'm also a bit more cautious for springtime because it's not all like, I don't have all of the knowledge, right? There isn't that exact comfort level. I don't know if that lettuce would have been fine at, you know, 31 degrees. It may have been, right? But I didn't want to take the chance. Two years from now, I'll know that, you know? That's also a part of like you, you pushing the envelope a little bit. Yeah. Um, your lettuce will be fine at 31 degrees, by the way. Okay. But I mean, it's it's part of, a, like you said, it's a learning curve. And it's like every year when you feel like, I, I got this, something else happens. And you, you learn something else and you have a failure. And that's where starting your own seeds becomes so powerful because you have that ability to start over, plant 10% extra so you can account for a 10%, Mm -hmm. you know, death rate, you know, for instance, if you plant 12 or if you plant 10, if you want 10, plant 12, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. it's just the way it works. And when the, the, when the warm weather is at the cusp of the door, it's right there, it's knocking on the door and you're just, you're trying to get to it and open the door. (laughs) You want to get this stuff in the ground and it's so important to really take a step back and know your last frost date. So if we go back a little bit just for a second to my um, my f- crazy freeze that got some of my plants, so it probably wasn't a crazy freeze, but whatever. I remember watching the news and they were like, this is our last frost date. Well, you and I know... well. You and I know that there is a 50% frost date, a 75% frost date, and then a 90%. So the 90% is there's a 90% chance that you will not get a frost. And then, so when they said it was our last frost date, it was the 50-50 mark. 50% said it was, 50% said it wasn't. Well, guess what happened? We've had three frosts since then. I think the weatherman should just be quiet about that. You know what I mean? (laughs) But it's, it's also a marketing ploy to get people to go out and buy. And they know that because what came up next, a home Depot ad, a gardening (laughs) ad, like that's how that works. So you need to know these things. You need to look them up and you need to understand what your area can is like, what it'll handle. And over time you will get a hang of what your weather is like, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. you know, in your heart of hearts, like if you didn't have a weather app, but you had a calendar, you you would still be able to plant. You would know yep. how to do it. You would be a little delayed. And I think these tools are useful for us, but it's not necessary. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, the weather app is absolutely necessary. Um, although I was tinkering around with, maybe I will not turn on my GPS when trying to drive to this place. Then I got in the car and said, why make things difficult? (laughs) Turn it on. Uh, No, but in all seriousness, when we talk about kind of the, the, the things that we store away in our heads, you know, anytime you talk to an old timer that's been gardening for decades or, you know, that has been a farmer for decades, you know, there's a lot that they just know and basically garden or farm by based on their knowledge over the years. You know, my favorite website, I was just looking, you know, timeanddate.com. I was just looking for... If you run timeanddate.com, please reach out to the Back Your Gardens podcast. We would love to advertise your show, even though we do it for free. We'd still like to get paid. Thank you very much. Uh, So I was looking back in my my moment that made me feel powerful and, and also like, like not crazy. Right. So March, 2022, 
as a whole was colder than March 2021. And so I was just checking to see what March 2020 looks back was looking like. But the reason why I point that out is colder is relative when you just say it in that term. But I'm talking about days on days on days where we were right at the point of a frost or freezing well into the month of March. That wasn't the experience last year. Right. And the key is when we're talking about what we're doing around March or April, um, there absolutely are some things where we can misstep from like planting times and, and vegetables and flowers that we may put out too early, but there's so many things that are just going to be fine. Like even when I get to a 32 degree, you know, temperature and that's okay. I, I lost so far, uh, some, so far they look like they're lost, but I'm leaving them in the pot. Some snapdragons from cold weather, um, everything else so far I've been doing pretty okay with. Um, I have the excitement of seeing my garlic spring up, you know? Um, and when we talk about like, these are the good moments, cause there are a bunch of them, you know, when it comes to spring, these are the good moments that a few losses from seeds that I started indoors. It's nothing, you know, compared right. to the joy that this garlic, which isn't even at the point where it's not produced yet, right? So there's still the whole, what am I going to get from it? But damn it, it came up this year, right? Like that's a win. Yeah. Like I was putting my finger in the bed and like this thing is still frozen. And you look up and guess what? No, not all of it was because, hey, we have some actual sprouts here. Um, and I just, I need to be able to one, shout out my garlic two because the year before was a complete cluster, like nothing happened but to recognize that even with some losses because if you're not prepared to lose anything you're not gardening right like hashtag yeah. it that's a long hashtag put it on a shirt put make it a quote uh, um, okay. and the amount of loss is actually just going to be determined by what you do and how much attention you're paying and how much time you want to put into it yeah I, I agree with that statement um, it's all about risk loss management. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What are what are you willing to do? And I think it's also what are you willing to do to to minimize it as well. You know what I mean? Like what what steps are you willing to take? Well, I'm gonna also add that it's also about the things you're willing to do to get to the the happy space. Yeah. Right? You know, so and the part, the reason why that's important to me is it's no different than you planting your car, your cabbage on March 1st. If I want to see a certain thing in my garden in May or June, I need to be comfortable with taking the steps now. Right. Like that. You also need to understand that maybe you can't see it in your garden in May. You know, maybe it's just not meant to be. Yeah, Maybe. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you know, like I would love to see a tomato on my plate May 1st, but it's just not meant to be in my space. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, f- I absolutely understand what you mean. And I was thinking that when you were walking us through the cabbage. Yeah. And but I, I'm still fighting for you. Like I'm still fighting for you and your your uh, your garden. So um well, I that's why I live in the can... heartbreak zone. I mean, yeah, that's I... exactly why I call it the heartbreak zone, which shout out to everybody that calls their zones the heartbreak zone. Love you guys. 
<laughs> I think that um, that you're you're going to continue to try until you're absolutely proven right or wrong, right? So um, there's some things that I decided to change in my garden as far as layout for to prepare me for let's skip forward to fall winter season and I say that spring is a great time to do that because there's so little that's planted out into my garden this is a time right um I wish I could snap my fingers and it'd be done but that's not how it works um but the reason why I bring it up in this context is I've tried you know this fall into winter gardening for a few years now and I've gotten mixed results I've learned quite a bit And then there's some things that if I really want to achieve my overall goal, I have to step it up a bit. Like I've tried the easy approaches here and again, had some success, but to get to this next step, I got to really step it up a bit. And so some of the things that I'm doing, and I'm absolutely being cryptic here. Some of the things I'm doing with my garden layout now in the springtime, before I start filling these beds up, it's to prepare me for steps that I'm going to be taking this fall. Um, so at the top of the episode, I talked about people that I think I talked about this at the top of the episode where people are seeing things kind of bloom. Now we're in March and in April and that comes from preparing, right? They've prepared for that. They've taken steps prior to June or excuse me, prior to the spring of this year to get there. And so I'm doing the same thing, like in spring planning for some things that I'm going to take advantage of in September and October. Well, and then people don't tend to, to focus on the individuals that are out in the late fall planting bulbs mm-hmm. and going around and fertilizing, you know, their whole space in March and, dragging the sprinklers around you know people Mm -hmm. don't tend to focus on that because it's not the sexy part the sexy Mm -hmm. part is just watching it grow and bloom and all that stuff but you're exactly right there are things that you can do to prepare ahead of time to make these situations better for you and to make it easier and i think you know, I would love to come on here and be like, this is exactly what you need to do. And it just be one size fit all, but it's not one size fit all. What yeah. somebody does in Florida is different. What somebody does in Chicago is different than somebody does in Alaska. But the fact of the matter is, is we all need to have the knowledge and the self-discipline and, you know, to listen to what is said and then apply it to their space in a way that is doable. That is, you know, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I see stuff. I I went over, look. <clears throat> so I went the other day and I went to a friend's house and she was redoing her front garden bed. It's flowers. And we were kind of talking about design options and stuff. And she's like, well, I saw this in this magazine and this is what I want. But she's like, man, I can't get there. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't understand. They've been working in their garden for 20 years. That's established. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? At, that's, at that moment, it's picture ready. You know, they've yeah. gone out there the week before, the day before, and they've cleaned it up and everything. And it's the same with a vegetable garden, you know. A lot of times when we see things, it's picture ready. And that's it's it's hard. And would you factor in the excitement and all of the visual stimulation that we get from everywhere about gardening. I mean, dude, if you go on any place on the internet 
or even TV for that matter, and you start looking up gardening stuff, you're going to see a whole array of it. But Mm -hmm. I challenge people to see where these, at certain times of year and certain posts, where they come from and then apply it to yourself. You know what I mean? I can have a full spring garden here and I can take pictures of it and have it just absolutely perfect. And then that would be like the star of my show. But as a vegetable gardener, you're trying to have two to three stars a year. You're trying to have a spring star, a summer star, and a fall star. And so you have to manage all of this. And you know, we all know that all of these things take time to grow. And time is not on our side. It's just not. It never has in been. Garden, for, yeah. mm-hmm. And in garden life in general, mm-hmm. time is never on our side. I mean, how many people have you ever heard say, I wish there's 25 hours in a day? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, granted, you can find another hour if you cut out a couple things, but just don't cut out, cut, listen to the show because you'll be missing a lot. But that's kind of where it is, is, you know, we're trying to make every single season the banger. At least I am. And I know you're working your way towards that quietly. I don't think you really want to admit that you're trying to do that, but no, I've I, admitted I it, it before. Oh, you have? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've I mean, seen we, it. we talk about like you know you the, ain't gonna the get three violent. Hold up. Yeah, I know. I'm leaning to the side like three season gardening, four season harvesting. Like that is yeah. that is a goal. I actually went back to one of my muses and started rewatching some of the videos that he put out. Um, I I take it. At, so I absolutely am with you a hundred percent on, um, let's not look at someone that is in, um, Arizona or Texas, right? Like we have some garden pals that are in those areas that absolutely can do things that we can't in yeah. March and in April. Let's not look at them and say, oh, well, shoot, I'm late. Like I'm looking at them trying to file away a little bit of inspiration. Like, oh, that's a cool variety. Let me consider it. Because remember I told you last year, I'm like, what are you like six weeks, two months, depending on the vegetable ahead of me? I can see how this works out for you. Let me see if it's something I want to introduce to my garden. It may not happen this year, but it's something to consider. Um, So there are moments where it's kind of like, oh, I wish I could be having lemonade out of my garden right now. Yeah. Um, And that's not always the case with me, you know, kind of as we're in April. And that's okay too. Um, And it's also okay. It has to be okay that once we get to the other side of this, we're getting to the end of the garden season where I'm at. People are still kicking strong in those same places. Um, I, I think we're just going to, I'm going to admit that I'm jealous. This is twice. That's now, okay. I, I think a lot of people are, are jealous of people that can grow earlier, but that's just every place that you garden has is time to shine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I've told Batavia this before. And I'll say it again here, right here on the show where you live. I, I personally feel like your spring garden is probably your, your star of your show. Like you could have the most amazing greens and stuff all mm-hmm. season. I bet. Whereas me, I struggle. It's a, it's a true struggle to get greens and stuff like that to grow here for any period of time. 
obviously except for winter but then it's like who the hell wants to be in the garden in the middle of winter like i'm out there with like a coat and a jacket <laughs> you know <laughs> I, a toe do, I, do. I i absolutely those same people i'm just like oh i can't believe they're planting cucumbers now i also recognize that i have no desire to live where it's so hot that you can't plant insert that vegetable right, right. you know so I, I de- it's it's a give and take and that's okay. I mean, I guess uh, I want to, because a part of this was like the truth about it, right? Like there, it's not all roses, right? No pun intended about the gardening in the spring. Um, I think that I want to kind of pepper in some of the joys that springtime brings. Um, and there are a bunch of them, right? Um, and as I look at like, by the time we get to May, closer to the end of May, I'm ready to claim summer. So even my springtime is probably pretty limited and pretty short in my mind. I do want to just make one acknowledgement. I don't, I feel like it may be fall. I feel, feel like fall may be the time versus spring, but we'll see. I still have a bunch of years to try spring gardening here. Yeah, you do. Unless you move down the street from me where there's a house for sale. That was a the setup. The change.org yep. thing is, is getting up there. We got some mm-hmm. signatures. Mm-hmm. Um, no, seriously, everybody. <laughs> All right, look, let's do this. I hear that Miss Batavia's got a banger recipe. Oh, so shit, I didn't say that. <laughs> let's get that, and then we're going to come back, and um, we'll give you the undeniable truth about spring gardening. Gardening in spring. But first, the recipe of the day. Ben, what question do we get asked the most? I would have to say... It's probably more something like, what are the products we use in our gardens the most? Ding, 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 ding. That's the correct answer. Hey, there's an Amazon link below. When you get over to the Amazon store, know that you're going to be supporting the podcast, but all of the products both Batavia and I have used in our gardens. We want to see you all over on YouTube, so check us out at Backyard Gardens TV to watch our podcasts and other gardening videos. Roasted beets with feta. Trust me. If I say roast something, you're going to enjoy it. Just know that. Um, So we're going to start off with about four or five beets. um, Golf ball size, um, maybe baseball size. We're going to peel those. uh, General note, if you've not worked with beets before, especially if they're the reddish ones, just make sure you protect your cutting space because they stain. But peel those up, take the skin off of them. We're going to dice these. It's probably going to be about a half inch thick. Uh, We're going to take a bit of olive oil, maybe about a tablespoon, basically coat the beets in that olive oil. You've already heated your oven up because I forgot to tell you, so I'm going to pretend like you've already done this about 450 degrees Fahrenheit. We're going to basically put these on a roasting pan. Remember, roasting, don't touch. Veggies don't touch each other. We're going to roast until they're soft, maybe about 30, 35 minutes, depending on how hot your 450 degree Fahrenheit oven is. Um, And we're going to take them out, put them into a bowl. You can do a couple of things here, but I'm keeping it simple. I have some scallions that I'm chopping up. And then I'm going to toss those in the bowl, a few teaspoons of lemon juice. And then we're going to top it with some feta cheese or your tea, cheese, cheese, cheese of choice. Blue cheese would probably be good in that too. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I can't do the beets. 
I respect okay. it though. I respect it. It sounds like it would be good, but every time I eat, I'm like, it's not that good. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I coated it in blue cheese, it would be good though. Yeah, I was thinking of crumbled blue cheese, but in that blue cheese dressing. But I mean, do you? Oh, my bad. My bad. Yeah, I'll do me. How about that? Yeah. Um, beets don't get enough love, but I think that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you, I, you could totally understand why, right? <laughs> yeah, I could totally understand why. Look, we all have our thing, okay? Yeah. It's a beautiful, beautiful vegetable, though. Yeah, it is. It really is. And it's mm-hmm. fun to grow. Just like every other root, so do it. Um, you know what? I, I've come to the conclusion of the undeniable truth about gardening in the spring. It's no, tricky. I don't. Mm-hmm. It's tricky. I think tricky is the right word. I was going to say hard. You. I was going to say difficult, but I think tricky is the right word. Thank you. That I feel validated here. Right. Planning. You know, someone new to spring gardening like myself, you know, hearing that from someone that has been gardening in the spring for a good while. Um, I, I like that spot on. It's tricky. Yeah. Plan it out. I think that's the, the where to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, because, <clears throat> you know, over this series, we're going to break down different aspects of this. And. I mean, you know, we're going to be talking about like avoiding unnecessary damages and stuff like mm-hmm. that because there are different methods and techniques and thought process. I mean, it's not necessarily what we do. It's how we come to do it. You know what I mean? It's uh, timing. It's quelling the excitement within us. And it's understanding if your desires can even be met. And I think, you know, when you said that mm-hmm. about Canada, I want this in my garden in May, that was one thing that really rung to me in this episode was, you know, maybe some of the things that we want just can't happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's sad. It's mm-hmm. nobody wants to hear like, no, you can't do that. But <laughs> our climates tell us, you know what I mean? It's like yep. the person that digs up the dahlias and puts them in the refrigerator for winter, you know? That's basically saying you can't have this, but you found a workaround. And if it's worth mm-hmm. it to you, then go for it. Yeah, I, um, you know, dahlias are one of my favorites. And I just learned a handful of years ago about digging up the tubers, which I've not done because, again, you know, the amount of lazy that overcomes me during the fall. Um, but canna lilies, it, it's a tropical plant and you know this is probably pretty accurate it talks about like when it's hardy the zones the higher zones that it's hardy in and it can be treated like a perennial but me and my zone no it's gonna die if you leave it um and as much as i love the flower it's just difficult for me to find the steam to dig them up which again like to your point and a really good point it's tricking the weather this plant isn't designed to live here period it's definitely not designed to live here and then thrive year over year right so i always treated it treated it as an annual um but over the years many gardeners um have found a way to say well no i can get a little bit more out of that yeah you know and it's i mean that's one more thing you can be impressed by with car when it comes to the gardeners yeah, I mean, you're gonna we're gonna do what we we're gonna do in order to get what we want, mm-hmm. and it's just again, it's how much are you willing to put forward? You know, how much mm-hmm. effort are you willing to put into it? But I mean, as we go out into our into the spring season, really think about what you're planting and think about if you're putting yourself at unnecessary risk. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. damages, stress, you know, mental health issues and all that stuff can kind of go into it because if you drop a lot of money on your garden and, and take a chance and then it looks like it's all going to go to hell, that's an issue. And that's not an issue that we want to deal with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Are we at closing remarks? Yeah. we're Yeah. So the season is still long. I mean, we still had a long time ahead of us. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, so separate and apart from how we talk about like, you know, my season is shorter than yours. Yours is shorter than the next person. I mean, we're just at the beginning of it. And so when you think about loading your cart up, right, think about you may be back here once we get rolling into summer, right? So do you really want to put all of those pansies in your cart? Maybe, you know, um, yeah. you know, when you think about what you're planting out in your garden, what's already in your garden, when you're putting things out, right? You have months upon months upon months to be growing. Um, so just be kind to yourself. Um, let's put some logic into what we're doing, you know. That's a good um, word. That's a really good word. Logic. I like thank that. You. I, I created it. Um, yeah. No, I don't. I don't. Yeah. I'm not saying you did, but I'm thinking you used it at the right time. Well, no, I, I'm saying that I did. <laughs> okay. No, it that's not logical, but okay. Yeah. In all seriousness, <laughs> um, I think this is a time that, and let's not look back in a couple of months and and say what I should have done in April. Like it's past, it's gone, you know. Let's let's get past it, right? And let's just talk about what we're doing now. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. So um everybody look, Batavia wrapped it up well. All I'm going to say is become a patron if you'd like, use the code. And um we want to see your spring gardens. DM us a picture on Instagram and we will share it with our listeners. We really want to share your gardens with everybody. Um, it's part of the community and gardening is a lot of times solo and let's not make it solo. Let's share. So everybody share your gardens with us and we will share them and, uh, you guys be safe, take care, be smart and logical. (laughs) See ya. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please follow us on YouTube at Backyard Gardens TV. Instagram at Backyard Gardens TV. Over on our website, BackyardGardensTV.com. And then we have Patreon at Backyard Gardens. Don't forget to check out our links below to help the show. Thank you so much for joining us as we learn to grow and grow for change. Cut. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. If you guys want some Backyard Gardens gear, go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear. All purchases go towards helping to support the show, so thank you so much in advance, and we hope you enjoy. We want everybody to have a garden, and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck! We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners.